The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. So, we're in beautiful, redacted California right now. Is that a uh, David Wong reference? (laughs) No. Have you read his novels? You know, that's the name of the town. I have flipped through them and i need to read them ah the name of the town in the john dies at the end series is redacted united states it's perfect yeah yeah because of course it is yeah uh i say that because i was thinking the other day how rare it is to be in nature which we happen to be right now we're recording from outside this time hopefully you can't even tell that much but we are yeah and and i think it's fitting because we're on top of a mountain actually we have quite <laughs> legitimately, a few. Yeah. yeah, legitimately. You don't usually podcast while you're looking out over like 30,000 foot expanse. Well, and I love it as a sort of happenstance for what we're going to be talking about today, which is Red Dead Redemption 2. Huh? Yeah. Uh, what? No, but for real. Like, we didn't plan this. I just really liked that it worked out this way. Zuh. <laughs> if we're, I string all those together, is it a word? Well, uh, no. It's, a, it's an obscure Simpsons reference that I'm sure someone will get God and loved. Okay. So we can move on. Great. But yeah. Great. Uh, this is one-upsmanship. It sure is. I feel should be mentioned. Yeah. If you clicked on it, you didn't know. Surprise. It's one-upsmanship. I know. That's a thing in podcasting. Everyone acts like, and you do kind of give a little table of contents. Right. Even though most podcast titles, like Jack's Daily Zeitgeist, the title will be like, this news story, comma, other thing we're going to talk about, comma. Mm. The title is the table of contents, but you still feel the need to be like, Hey, it's one upsmanship. Yeah. We're going to talk about video games. The I'm Adam like, Dancer. Skip 15, skip 15. I fucking know. <laughs> oh, I'm Michael Swaim. That's yeah. another thing. Always I, introduce the host. I, I think that's crucial. Sure. To get a name with the voice. What if it's your first time and you don't know that this is how I sound? Right. But it's still, I would argue, doesn't matter. Like, if you didn't know it's about video games from the name one upsmanship and you just were adventurous and clicked something that you don't know what it's about, let them find out. By listening a few minutes, we know? are we are cowards in this format. Yeah, we are we, we are, are the youth of the nation. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so we're talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. We definitely are. I just finished it today. Should we spoil in the sense that I feel like people listening probably want to know right off the bat, did we like it? Or do, I, or do you want to build to that revelation? Okay, well, here's what I want to say about it's that a, expectation. It's an important episode. I feel a lot of pressure on this episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put no pressure on it. None. Because, because I think there isn't a legitimate take on this game, in my opinion, that says it sucks. If I hear okay. that take, I would want to hear what future alien race is evaluating this game. Because like that I can't fathom. Now, I think whether or not it's the best video game of its generation... Or is That's it a ten out of ten? Arguable. Or right, right. But those, fine but I think it is arguable in this case. And these are these are the kinds of conversations you and I are going to have. Today. I heard someone who thought it sucked, and what they said sucked about it is exactly what. So first of all, okay, no, that should be my rant. Yes, like, let's get started. You should hang on and not do that. All right, but so if you if you only want to know. Do we like this game or not? If that's it, I think we're both gonna like the game. Oh, you're in for a rough ride, my oh, my I, friend. I, really? <laughs> no. oh, oh my god! I really want. That was gonna it. really I, shock me. I wish I could lean into hating it, but I can't. I can't. It's just dishonest. It. Yeah, it's like a. I love this game. There was a time when I hated it, and that's what I want to talk about. Oh, good. In my rant. I'm excited about that. So I'm gonna leap off the balcony here, plummet thirty thousand feet, hitting a checkpoint on my way down. <laughs> There is a trampoline at the bottom, and I'm Ooh. back up on the balcony. It's a real Looney Tunes adventure you yeah. just had. And you I, doing the speed ramp? I got a saved uh, while I well in the bargain. Uh, speed run. Yes. Speed run's the name of this segment. Correct. Both of us flubbed it, but that's what it is. But we're professionals. Who should go first? Well, you're going to do the speed run because I introed this podcast. Okay. You Player you one. Cursed yourself. Player one signing in to PS Now, confusing it with PS Live, then logging out and signing into PS Live. Yep, yep. I have done it. Start the clock. Red Dead Redemption 2 is the second in the Red Dead Redemption series, which a lot of people, including myself sometimes, forget is actually the third in a series that began with Red Dead Revolver. I forgot that. We're not even going to touch on that. That's not even a no, band with Scott Weiland in it. Point. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> does Red Dead Revolver even lift? No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> but Red Dead Redemption 2 is basically a prequel following the story. It's very much like uh, Rogue One. It's a prequel that tells you the story of the events that you didn't explicitly know that led to the outcome that give you the thrust of the events in the game you already played, Yes, which was Red Dead Redemption 1. The big takeaways for someone who's somehow unfamiliar with the most notable game of this generation, uh, other than arguably Smash Brothers, is that they are westerns. They are from Rockstar Games, who are mainly known for Grand Theft Auto. So people sometimes jokingly refer to it as Grand Theft Horse in the sense that you do all the Grand Theft Auto things. You're in a sandbox environment that's kind of like the real world. You wander around in era-appropriate transport, either horse in this case or cars in GTA. You are always a criminal of some type. Rockstar is obsessed with the noble criminal. It's always a criminal story. It's always a criminal. That's even, the only thing. Even though now it's a Western instead of a modern day, it's still about trying to get out of that gang life or get into that gang life or be the best gangster ever. It's always along those lines. It's true. I mean, that'd be. it's hard to get mad about that, but let's continue. I didn't say I was mad about it. I'm just giving these people the gist. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's a real bare brawl, hard knuckled, unforgiven style, gut punch, emotional roller coaster of a story of basically... A Wild West gang at a time when civilization is encroaching upon Wild West ideals, trying to take one last stand and earn enough money to 
you know, go have some fairy tale life off over there in uncivilized areas where the cops will never bug us again and we'll finally get to stop having badass shootouts and just be farmers. <laughs> and uh, because the intense pressures of both civilization and literally just like personal interdynamics, the basic thrust of the story is as you're out shooting and hunting and riding horses and doing all kinds of Western shit, the gang is falling apart. It's splintering and many members of the gang are going to have to make their final decision about do I side with the charming leader of the gang, Dutch Vanderland, or do I make carve out my own path? You're Arthur Morgan, uh, one who carves out or has carved for him, which is int- uh, arguable, uh, an interesting life story. And you basically follow his life story, which culminates in actions that allow the events of Red Dead Redemption 1 to take place. Yes. So that's why I compare it to Rogue One. It's similar in that yeah, functional sure. regard. I see that. Or Lion King 1 and a half. Also an apt comparison. <laughs> underrated direct-to-DVD sequel. Uh, actually, I don't they, think it is underrated. They called it an interquel. Because it takes place between the events of Lion King 1 and 2. Is this the one? Is it? And we're out of time. That's yeah. the speed run. Boy. Checkpoint. Can't believe we're talking about Lion King. Checkpoint, but now ask your Lion King question. Is this the one that has the really silly lion as the villain? Like, isn't there a really silly lion in one of the... One of the Lion King I sequels. Got, it's been long enough that I only remember that I thought it was good. I don't remember the details. Boy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I remember it's functionally like this. It's Timon and Pumbaa. It's like a solo Timon and Pumbaa adventure. Oh. And they're doing things that you realize, oh, that's why that happened in Lion King 1 in the background. It's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern mm-hmm. are dead mm-hmm. for Lion King. Mm-hmm. Actually, fuck me. That's absolutely, I think now without the shadow of a doubt, because Lion King is an adaptation of Hamlet. Right. That is true. Lion King one and a half, I guarantee the writers or executives sat down and at some point said, yeah, we're low-key adapting Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. But that's not what we're talking about. We have so no. much to talk about. But everyone deserves to know these kinds of trivial facts in this podcast. I do want to point out that the Sega Genesis Lion King game rocks. I believe it was ported to Game Gear to great effect as well. I mean, I'm going to put great effect in quotes. Hey, babe, that, that deserves babe, a quote. Right? I don't want to get off on a rant here, <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's time enough. for the rant portions yeah. of our show. <laughs> I believe <laughs> Dennis Miller has returned. Hey, babe. That's hey, right, babe. babe. We've been waiting longer than Methuselah hey. waited to die. You know what I mean? I'm less woke than someone who's asleep, babe. Than <laughs> uh, Rip Van Winkle. That's what he would have <laughs> said. <laughs> we play that improv game a lot. And I got to say, most pun-based or improv games, I'm fast. You always yeah. win with the Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller is like, like you, right in my brain. I don't know what it is. You can do a Dennis Miller turn of phrase so quickly. <laughs> you ever hear Matt Gorley do H.R. Giger? I have not. What What he can do is, like H.R. Giger, you know, if you don't know, he designed the Xenomorph from Aliens, but, and all his art is horrifying like that. So, like, uh, Matt Gorley is a great improv actor across the board, but he also has the ability to somehow just go... Uh, yes, I, I created it out of erect cilium <laughs> that I found in a pouch of dragon's icon okay. at the bottom of a fetid pool where fear is distilled. And like, he I can just this. nail those so quickly. Great. Yeah. I love this. I'm excited about it. Let me do my rant. I'm Player do two, it. ranting. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, okay. So I think the only interesting conversation for you and I to have about this game is not to describe what it is or to describe why it's great but to describe what is unique about it in video games and whether that matters. 
Don't I think tell me is, how to do my podcast. No, you have to, you have to talk about that now. <laughs> That's what you have to do. Now, so uh, this is one of the only sequels where they intentionally made things more cumbersome, and I think that is interesting in video gaming. You you never see a sequel where they intentionally make you have to do more complex versions of actions that are not quote unquote fun actions things. that would be considered mundane tedious yes. everyday actions. This is the first time I've ever seen that in a sequel. Um, I will say this is one of the best prequels I've ever seen in anything. I can't any medium think of. I can't immediately think of one that I like better. Mm. Um, so there's that. Uh, it also has one of my favorite video game characters in history, and several of my favorite Dutch or Arthur, Arthur. Okay. But also, I do like Dutch. Um, it. This is one of the first times we've seen Rockstar throw aside its juvenile tone and actually tell a real story. Yep. And we learned that they can. They can do that. And they chose, I thought, very difficult subjects sometimes and did a pretty good job with them. Like, remember how last time in Red Dead Redemption 1, I was saying, why aren't there any Indians in the, in the game? Like, why aren't there any Native Americans in the game? And it's because the tone would have made it wildly offensive if they included them. Because the tone of the game, yeah. Correct. <laughs> or why weren't there any real women character other than Bonnie? Right. Well, this game solved that problem immediately with multiple complex, interesting versions of those kinds sure. of people. And uh, I think I they mean, did a good it, job. Just the names, like... Yeah, like a really good TV show. Right. You have feelings around right. Sadie, Micah, right. Charles, Charles, uh, Ooh, Javier. These yeah. uh, these things are making you remember yeah. how you feel about those characters. Yes. Miss Grimshaw. She was amazing. Oh, boy. Bill Williamston's still kind of a piece of shit. It's nice to know that he never got any better. He just was always a piece of shit. The main, the main, the original antagonist from, right. yeah, number that one. That squat Australian-headed motherfucker was never a good dude. He was always a fucking liability. Um, okay, so what else about this game? Um, this is one of the first times where uh, I didn't want to steal stuff that much. Like, it really downplayed stealing other than the great robbery capers. And by that, I mean stealing horses, stealing like holding people up, like that kind of stuff that's normally what you do in Grand Theft Auto. Like, what kind of mayhem can I cause? This game totally disincentivized that stuff, even though you can do it. And I think that's interesting. Um this game had some of the, my favorite poetic lines about the nature of life in mm-hmm. any medium that I can think of, um, and, I, I, and I will quote them to you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Including song lyrics? Yeah. I feel like song there lyrics- There were some good songs in it. Nail. No, 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 no. I'm saying I feel like the medium of song lyrics probably has the most concise, insightful sound bites sure. I mean, like, I'm any not, medium. I'm, I'm not really comparing it to like- we you know, really the have ancient to, Marin, like rhyme of the ancient mariner or we whatever. We really have to dig in for several hours or days right. to get to the bottom right. of that. But, but yeah. in <laughs> but in what we're going to call like you Recent know contemporary memory. pop culture, yeah. it is a profound contemplation. The of The point human is, nature. you left the story thinking this is up there with like the best things. I did. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's the point. We've complained many, many times on this show about video game not taking it seriously as an artistic medium, like mm-hmm. it should. This game did. Whether it succeeded or not, we can talk about it. I think it did. Um, I also, I think I'm going to go on record and say it's my, it's in my top three video games I've ever played. I think it's in that, that high. I liked it that much. Um, I know that I just finished it. So maybe in a month I'll be like, you fool. How could you ever compare it to Super Mario 64? But I do compare it to that. Um, it's, it means that much, I think. So that's it for now. (laughs) 
I think it means that much in terms of player one rant. I think it mean that it means that much because of the story elements and and the gameplay elements because it's yep. one of the first times, which is the only hurdle that I think interactive media, which is what snobs like me call video games, interactive storytelling, one of the only things it can do that is unique to the media is to have interactions which by the nature of the interaction support the story's themes. Yes. And this game did that so well in a way that no other game of this budget and scale has ever done. You will see obscure indie games where all it does is one... You know, like there was a game, That Dragon Cancer, where uh, a guy whose child really tragically died of cancer, uh, there's a level where your baby's crying and you can do all these different activities to calm it down. But the secret twist is it can't be calmed down. It cries nonstop and then it dies. There's nothing you can do. It has cancer. And you're like, I see what you did there. It's a non-traditional gaming experience that in a nutshell shows me what gaming should be if it is to be a storytelling tool. Yeah. I would say this is the first game by a team large enough with a budget large enough with the like chutzpah to say we're going to do that because triple a games can you imagine how hard it was to convince enough people at the top of this decision making process that our triple a game should be intentionally less fun like tangibly yeah. less fun that was a ballsy choice meaning picking things up in your inventory is tedious right brushing your horse Every 10 minutes. And you need to. You have to do it. And if you care about what you look like, you have to carefully measure how much you cook and eat all the time. Yep. How is your, how do you feel about your beard? Yeah. How long should it be? Then you got to maintain that shit. Well, I, I want this haircut. Well, then you better grow your hair for a couple months because your right? hair's not long enough to make that right. shape. Well, can't you just slap the magic hair on me? No. Nope. No. Nope. You wait, motherfucker. There are hair tonics, but... <laughs> yeah, but still, like, it does do it, that. It takes It a dares yeah. to be like, no, you can't do that. Yes, and I think it, because of that, is, I agree with you, it's literally a... It can't be overstated how much of a seminal triumph in the... F- in the history of gaming, I think it will be viewed as. I think so. I think it will be like a Super Mario World. I think it should be from from this moment in time, I think so. Because it definitely also does the other thing it needed to do just as a functional sequel, which is synthesize all the gameplay elements that Rockstar does in the most satisfying way so far. Maybe it'll get refined even more, but the shooting's the best, is better than GTA V. Everything's perfect. Everything's improved upon. Yes. The story, as I said, it reminded me of things like Unforgiven and Rogue One. (laughs) Like These are things people like and consider to have real stories that matter. And I'm the biggest one to shit on story. I do want to ask, so maybe I'm almost done with my rant, but the last thing I'll say is basically what I said, which is the only people who I have heard not like it it's to me like people who went to see Darren Aronofsky's mother and didn't know it was a parable and don't like it because they're like, I don't know, what was that? But if you go in knowing, well, it's a parable for what mankind is doing to Mother Earth, you could still not like it, but you won't come out going, I don't understand what was that. Like, it's clear what is going on. I mean, but even that is so much less it's enjoyable. Rant, let me, I'm not comparing it in that regard. Yeah. Let me just finish the comparison and yeah, you'll yeah. see why it's apt. Okay. Your rant rat. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you getting on my case for interrupting in a rant? Yeah, bro? exactly. But mm. so my point was that I, the people who I have seen give negative reviews, 
are holding it to the standard of old games and don't understand that this game kind of changes the rules of gaming in some ways. It does a little bit. It's for adult sensibilities more than other games have been beholden to when they're this big budget. Specifically in that way where if you don't get why, and we'll explain, I think we both have artistic theories of why, if you don't understand why it's intentionally tedious... You will, of course, think, oh, they fucked up. This game isn't fun. Like, that was, I heard someone hate the game because they're like, I went to gunfight a guy and instead we just talked and I shoveled pig shit and then I killed him in a cutscene. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? And I'm like, yeah, that's the brilliance of the game. Yep. And they're like, no, that's stupid. So I think it's just a matter of if you got what they were trying to do or not. Right. And believe me, you kill thousands of guys. It's not like you're not going to shoot guys. That guy, I just like, just I'd take it one finger and point at all the Call of Duties on the video game shelf I mean, and say, yeah. "This sir is for you. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your haven of Call of Duties." Um, but I do. I forget why I was comparing it to Mother. Javier Bardem should be the live action one. Oh, last thing I'll say, and then my rant's done. Is I do think it's very apt that it's a western. Yeah, because. The closest movement in art I can compare it to is when spaghetti westerns were the only thing, and then suddenly Clint Eastwood dropped Unforgiven, and everyone was like, oh, westerns are set in the real world now. We better up our game. Right. This did that to the gay world of western video games, and it's also western. I just love that it's happening yet again in the western genre, one of my favorite genres. I would say, it. Uh, let's, let's game on. Let's checkpoint and game on. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Game on. <laughs> We need, we game need, on. <laughs> game I want to hear your song on. for this. Game, game, game on. When the game's on, you got a flame on because you know you got your brain on. 
beef because you got a queef, but you can't in front of the chief or you'll get fired. Now we're mired in a disagree. Adams, please. No, I'm not going to bail you out from this. No, I'm not going to. Nope. No, you're going to live with this. All right. Game on. Game on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would argue everything you just said about how important this is for Western games. It's actually true for open world games. That's what I mean. I think it's cute and cool to me that yeah. it happens to be a western that's cha- that's doing it. This game could only be a western. Like I like I was thinking about that on the ride here. It was like could this is there any other way to tell this story? No. I don't think so. Because one of the things that's intrinsic to this game in my opinion is the exquisite, unbelievably beautiful world you play in as a contrast to the violent crimes that you commit. That's like a like a constant theme. Uh-huh. And you couldn't do that in Grand Theft Auto, and you couldn't do that in L.A. Noir. No, but I, th- I don't think this is that important. Point to our, I spent a lot of time oh, really? arguing. Fair enough. But I think you could do it in lots of places, times throughout history that are far enough in the past. How far? I think once you get five hundred years or more back, you could do it lots of places and times. See, I think it's harder. It to could be do happening it. during the fall of Rome. It could be happening as the Renaissance gave way to, like, like the Assassin's Creeds. Right. I think you could follow, you could trace the themes of civilization encroaching upon a cowboy way of life at many different places in the world at many different times. That's not that interesting to unpack. Okay, so here's, here's why I think it okay. is. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to waste all of our time on it. That's fair. I, don't, I think that part of the reason we connect to Westerns is because they're not far enough back in time for us to not recognize the problems that people face. Like, they still face versions of problems that we face, such as bank loans, which matters a lot in the epilogue, mm-hmm. or, you know, just not being able to make, a like, a legitimate living because the rich guys have bought up everything, stuff like that. Could you make a story about that set in ancient Rome? Sure. Or ancient Greece or whatever? Sure. Yeah. There were certainly an upper class that were keeping poor people down, and they certainly resorted to crime. But you don't look... But you don't feel the same instant social connection to it that you do to westerns i don't think but i might if i was italian i guess i feel like what you're really driving at is that western is one of the only authentic american genres so if you're steeped in american culture it feels like it's your home turf i don't know because like what really gets me is gta 5 the main thing that drew me in is that I happen to live in L.A. Right. And everyone agrees Fallout 76 sucks. But the main thing our friend Noah Byrne is obsessed with it because he grew up in West Virginia. So he all the locations, he's like, oh, wow, the Mothman Museum. They really made it. There it is. You know, I, I'm there sure is that's an fun aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. Even yet, my mom was watching me play Red Dead sure. and was like. That looks exactly like this one place in Uray, Colorado. And she told like a 90-minute story that brought her great delight to relive. And I just was like, the direct impulse was that this video game was so photorealistic that she was like, that looks like this one ridge that I know in Uray, Colorado. So we're getting there in terms of... This, and I agree that the the feeling of spiritualness and like soothing I got from this game could only exist in a natural environment. I'm just saying if you're a peasant in ancient Rome, there would still be mostly natural environments. I'm not willing to accept the the swift dismissal you have descended upon my this point is here. boring. Right. <laughs> I am not willing to accept that. Uh, I'm not going to belabor it if because I would rather find something we're both interested in. But I will say there's not a lot of times or places where people are running around with guns and with like what are essentially still social constructs that exist today. 
and have what you described very aptly as a sort of spiritual, naturally beautiful place. There's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of places or times that could be Where true. Where you alternate getting in a gunfight and going camping under the stars. Yeah. Right. And Two points. Go- I would argue, one, you we are alive in that time. There are people running around true. with guns. Uh, and two, uh, that's because that period didn't actually exist. Yes, In the yes. real Wild West period, yes, yes. everyone didn't run around with guns. Correct. That's fabricated. All good. Yeah. I'm all good with that. I'm not arguing for Westerns are real. Right. I'm arguing that Westerns are a parable. Right, and they're they're still kind of a contemporary. And parable. I feel like they usually are. They've been diversified over time, but they were certainly born to comment on the American character. What is unique yes. to American people? What does this land? What kind of people does this land breed? Is usually the theme of a western. And do you feel like see? And maybe it, I I can't say how much of my perception is Americanness. Some of it. Uh, do you feel like if you were in some other place than here? and you played this game, you wouldn't feel a spiritual connection to what's being said? Because I definitely disagree with that. Um, Well, if I was from Cuba, I'm sure I'd like the guarma part. Uh, I guess I feel like, to me, the aspect that we keep calling spiritual, and I don't even know how to define it, that's not exactly, but just like it feels nourishing and pleasant to be in the world. Yeah, it does. I think that's solely a function of the baked-in thing in your brain that you like nature i like nature i think most humans find right the earth that gave them birth like good largely i think so too so i just think it's getting to the point where we can be photorealistic enough that you're like this does make me feel like i'm out walking through the woods which is a pleasant activity so there's a line that uh i can't remember the name of the chief is it rainfalls Rains fall, fall. like passers-by. Yes, rains fall. There's a line when you're going up to that medicine lodge to, to like essentially contemplate one of your one. Oh, he it's Arthur is trying to get treatment for tuberculosis and help him with the army. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean we're going to talk about the end of this game, guys. We're going to talk about the plot. So if that matters to you guys, you should know. I'll try to be explicit about when that happens, but we're going to talk about the plot of the game. Um. There's a, there's a scene when that's happening. You're riding up this hill, and Rainsfall says, "Beauty and brutality, they both exist together." Yeah. When you're watching like a wolf like chew on some you know corpse, and I thought that one sentence is such a perfect summary of what this game does well. Like that is exactly what the game does well, and I loved that they had a great and moment that, for it. I agree, and I also think under the hood, it's doing a lot of other things well that are the truly that are truly groundbreaking AAA gaming innovations. Yeah. Um, like you, because to me, this is what you're constantly trying to do in filmmaking. And it's one of the things like, uh, I have taught writing in several capacities, so I'm not just pulling this out of my ass because I write. Um, something I like to teach young writers is that feedback should be couched around. You're literally just trying to be like a seismic recorder of the effect the work had on you. It's not helpful for you to say, you should change this to this. Like, this guy should die in this scene. Why? Because I was bored. Well, what if the goal at that moment was for the audience to be bored? That's something that young writers really rebel against, is they right. think. But as you become a more seasoned writer, you often realize that the emotional state should be geared towards the overall effect you're trying to have. Right. And you can impel many different emotional states to get where you want to be at different times. Video games have had historically such a hard time uh, having 
the like bravery to impel any emotional state other than are you having fun please keep like, playing don't like stop playing action yeah. fun in, like sad extreme right yeah. yeah they're all very intense or emotions. like they, you better fucking kill these guys right God. desperate yeah. yeah um this did what i think great films do and great books do which is like when you're reading The Stranger, which is a famous book about alienation and sociopathy, and you realize the reason it's written so boringly is because that's how numb the character feels, and that's right. what you're tra- supposed to be learning right. about. Um, in this game, one of the mind-blowing moments to me that made me do like, masterpiece, was you don't get to a big city for so long. Yep. And in these open world games, they always brag about, it's going to have the biggest city ever or the biggest map ever. Right. And of course, in this, they're like, there's going to be San Denis. It's five times as big as Blackwater, which was the previous big city. Right. You don't get to San Denis forever. You finally get there. And I swear to God, it's so hard to navigate because the streets are overpopulated with NPCs. You're bumping into people. Your horse can't get to where you want it to go. People get mad for petty shit. Like you'd be like, "That's a crime. I just knocked that guy over. That's a, now I got to go to the post office and pay a bounty." And as soon as I got out of town, I was saying, "Well, that's a weak spot of the game. The controls were weak because man, I fucking hate and be, hate being in the city." And as I was saying that aloud to myself, yeah. Arthur said to Dutch, "Damn, I hate being in the city." Yep. And I was like, "Oh, I was supposed to feel that way about yep. being here." Absolutely, what a masterpiece. Absolutely, <laughs> like that's there's when you realize the intentionality behind everything. There's so many subtle emotions like, like that, that. Yeah, uh, that are daring in that way. Like I think that you're supposed to feel a little antsy on the island off the coast of Cuba. Like, you're mm-hmm. supposed to feel a little like, are we really going to get involved with this? Seriously? Right, yeah. Are we going to get involved with this? Because that's where your character is at that moment. Well, because of the first game, I expected that to be like the Mexico portion. Right. But and it, actually, but it it's, wasn't. it's much it was more abbreviated than yeah. that. Yeah. And it was a frustrating detour because you, were, because you wanted to know what was happening back home. And you couldn't because you had to do this other thing. Yeah. And you're being forced to do this other thing by somebody who you no longer trust. Although some of the fight scenes on Guarma are of course, fun as hell. They're all yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, like every single fight sequence in this game is, is the centerpiece unbelievable. Ones. It's definitely unlike Rockstar in that unless I chose to. Hey, I'm going to slow things down. I'm going to play right. dominoes for 90 minutes right. and really try and get good at it. There was none of this shit like go scope out the docks in GTA right, 5. Exactly. Every when you take one of the big missions, it usually is like prepare for a centerpiece action sequence from a western movie. You're going to do something like yeah. rob a TNT filled stagecoach or kill a bunch of KKK guys. Like it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I want here's so I wanted to talk about another thing that I thought was really innovative about this game. Mhm. And that is that they got rid of the video gaminess in so many places. So one of them is you can't fast travel except for from your home base after you've spent a bunch of money. And that's a one-way trip. You and can't, exactly. You, you can't fast travel it like you could in previous Red Dead Redemptions from a campsite just outside of town. So you have to go everywhere by foot. Meaning, well, And if you take a train, your horse is left wherever you left. Right. And there's no press a button to get your horse to come back. Yeah. Unless you walk back to your camp and call it home to camp. And even to get that far, you have to pay hundreds of dollars to buy the thing that gets your horse to come back to camp. Yep. And if you leave for more than a day, your horse wanders anywhere on the map it wants to. Yep. And you got to steal a horse or walk there. I lost a horse because of that and was very frustrated. And I think all these things turn into appreciation. 
because there's stuff to back it up. At first you're frustrated and then you slowly realize you appreciate the amount of time you spent walking through the woods. It's part of the game. I would the, the, it helps watching you the cinematic view uh-huh. watching the cinematic view while you're going from place to place is one of the best moments in video gaming that I can remember and I did not think that I would think that. It makes you appreciate the stakes of what they are discussing losing. Yes. Their world is delightful to be in. Yes. And you do see the encroachment. Yes. Yeah. And this game also knew when it was supposed to be a movie, which a lot of games don't. They don't know when they're supposed to be a movie. Mm-hmm. This game did. It, like It chose to use the lack of fast travel to give you contemplative space, to give you the ability to actually watch the cutscenes, mm-hmm. to, to watch the dialogue as though it's cutscenes if you want to do that. Um, that is like brilliant. It knew when you were done killing people. You know what I mean? It's like you're done now. You did enough. Now you watch the cutscene yeah. that you want to watch. Um, it knew when the fight was enough. Like you were never in a fight that was like, oh my god, this stupid fucking fight. I'm just done with it. Oh, I never got stuck repeating a fight that took like 20 times. It's very no. well balanced. Yes. Yeah. All that. Yes. And that doesn't always happen in these games. Yes, Another- that's true. But those like this game is accomplishing such triumphs that I even forget that. Yes, it's also ticking all the boxes of being well balanced and all that shit. But, yeah. But that. That doesn't happen in any game, really. Like, that is really, really rare. Mm-hmm. Like, not a little rare. It's like most games can't do that. Even Rockstar, who are among no, the kings of open they world, do they don't do that every they don't time. Do that. They rarely do that. This you know might what? be the first time. Yes. You yeah. know what else they got rid of? They got rid of the stupid mission queue structure that you always had to have. And they, like, you never really knew what any mission was going to be. So, like, before. Oh, in- my God, dude. It, it would. No, you finish. You finish. So before, <laughs> in any Grand Theft Auto or any Assassin's yeah. Creed or yep. any or any even Red Dead Redemption, you knew what kind of mission it was going to be because you knew who you're getting it from. So like, this is going to be like another one of these weird science heroin-based missions because it's that druggy fucking Yale guy. If you see Nigel West Dickens, right. we're going to go scam some people, then they're right. going to find out we're scammers and we'll run away in a coach. It's right. always the same. This game, you never know who you're going to get a mission from. Even if you went to talk to that person, that might not be who the mission's That's from. That's what I was going to say is the mission tag would say, like, Sadie needs to speak with you at camp. And you go there, and he goes, hey, Sadie, how's it going? And then Micah rushes in and goes, I need your help. Come yeah. on. we got to kill all the O'Driscolls now. <laughs> I'm and a real piece of shit. Come and with you'll me. you'll be like, I wasn't ready for a, I didn't want to do right. a shooting. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You can never really get your bearings in that way. And, th- I mean, again, and that is imitating the sort of constantly undulating, unstable life of an outlaw. Right. The and outlaw, it's brilliant. The outlaw know? life is very much iterated by the fact that you will make money through grinding actions like you would in any video game. Yes. Then you'll do a really innocent-seeming mission, and the mission will result in you losing $800. And you'll be like, well, I didn't... That's unfair. And you're like, yeah, what do you think it's like to be a criminal? Easy come, easy go, man. You know? Or you'll rob a bank, and it ends with you barely getting away and no one got any money. And you're like, but I was going to buy such and such. I love how this game... Like, Okay, so I want to talk about some ways that I thought Rockstar really matured for this game that you don't that they've never done before. One of them is they did not romanticize being an outlaw unnecessarily. This is the first time they've ever done that. What about GTA 4? 
No, GTA Four. It's you're still like they give you like the French connection. Chase it's just lip stuff. service, but it, he's. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like they're but giving they do you movie at least, scenes. They have the know? thing where he constantly goes, "It is bad to be criminal. I hate myself." Right? Why do I kill so many? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous though. Like it, yeah. it's, like that's why it's tacked on, and that's why that narrative doesn't like nobody cares about. It's it one anymore. of the weaker narratives in GTA. I, well, I think it was good in some ways, but it doesn't land because it's like you can't complain about being a criminal and then let this guy blast 50 people to death. You right. can't do that. You know, the character you're playing, Arthur Morgan, goes through a legitimate spiritual crisis over the course of his life, like the portion of his life that you play, and you go through that crisis with him because you have to think about what does it mean for this guy to die? And, like, do I really want to be a fucking scummy outlaw? Like, is that what I want to be? And unlike even Red Dead 1... You feel it coming like a cloud of dread. Yes. It completely changes your feelings about the time you have left in the game, which yes. sounds like I'm overly romanticizing. Nope. But you feel like you're dying a little. Yes. Because, uh, so I would say the two things it did that are the most important is uh, willingness to make things tedious to force people to be mindful and in the moment. Yeah. Because they're like, look, if we force you to be in the moment, you're slowly going to realize that our game's so beautiful that we know you came in because other games set you up to be like, I need the peaches. Can I just grab the peaches? But when you really sit and grab that can of peaches and he looks at it in the light of our beautiful engine, you're going to be glad you took a moment to realize how well rendered that can of peaches is. Right. But I think the other most important thing they did that is the m biggest departure from previous game logic, how to make a game sell, is... A game is always supposed to be, especially an open world or RPG where you're grinding in order to improve your stats and your money and everything. You're supposed to go up and up and up with little pitfalls, but generally up and up and up until by the end of the game, you're a god who walks the earth doing whatever you want. Right. And the game becomes broken, and that's why you stop playing. Right. Because you can one-hit anything and you have $10 million. So there's no challenge anymore. This game... Two-thirds of the way through, a doctor goes, you're going to die of tuberculosis soon. Hey, I'm real sorry. And you can tell from the way the story's handled that there's no way out. You, the gamer, can tell, oh, they are doing that to me. Oh, this is really going to happen. They're really doing it. Yep. Okay, I better get my fucking affairs in order. Yep. And you actually experience with him the feeling that you need to get your affairs in order. Yep. You start to think about, what, what should I do with my money? What do I have to, because it's going to be gone soon. He starts to get sick to the point where the controls don't work as well. So it's the first game I've ever played where as you reach the end game, you are less heroic than you were in the middle. And, and you're sad because you're like, man, I wish I could be, I wish I could play this guy like he's healthy still. Or I wish I can't. knew yeah. because I would have done more. Yep. And then you realize, well, that's what he's thinking, man. Right. I wish I learned to play piano when I was still able-bodied. Right. That's what we're all thinking when we're right. going to die. Right. It's amazing. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. And like he looks terrible. Like the, the, the rendering of oh, the he character. Looks fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's really emotional because he mm -hmm. looks so good. Like he he's both an attractive and well rendered character, right? Yeah. And so like watching him get sick and ill, and he's you, yeah. And you're like, My, dude, no. Like look how bad he looks. He looks like shit. And you're like, I even I haven't even gotten 
18 out of the 24 possible trapper outfits and now when i put them on they don't look good because right. i'm a ghoul they don't fit well <laughs> yeah. because like my face is sucked in with sickness you yeah. know like it's it's a bummer you know like uh it is a bummer but also for exactly the kind of thing that we should be experiencing in a game like it's amazing that we got to experience that in a game i loved that yeah uh i wanted to say the point you made about the peaches the reason you have to look at the peach can in the light and that you have to like open closets and like pull this thing out and then put it back and close Limited the closet. Limited fast travel, yeah. Is that one day you're going to have to point a gun at a person up close and have to decide their fate and you will have done all of these things in real time and that person will feel more real to you than any other video game character you've ever killed. You know, like that happens in this game. Well, and you don't kill Arthur Morgan. No, but you decide the fates of a lot of people yes in the end and every one of those people feels more like a person than almost any game i can think of well for people who have played all the way through without spoiling it really heavily sure uh there's six chapters and two epilogue chapters and i think i should say what i told you before yeah the, which is that i don't i'm gonna have to like take a break before i can go back and finish it i had time to finish it but i got to the point where I'm playing as John Marston in the epilogue, and the only mission in the world for me to do that's not hunting or fishing or something is to go see Sadie Adler. Yep. But my wife, Abigail, forbade me from contacting my previous gang associates, but there's a bank lien against my house, and because I know Westerns and I'm a writer, right. obviously I know the pressure from the bank lien is supposed to make me, against my better judgment, go see Sadie because she probably has work for me. Right. I refuse... <laughs> To lead John Marston down that road. I loved your moral I'm like, indignation no, here. I'm in control of him. I'm not going to have him associate with Sadie Adler. Yeah. That's how he'll get wrapped up in the gang, and I care too much about him. Do you realize Arthur lived and died for him to get out of the gang? Yep. Now I'm going to go talk to Sadie? No, no. His death, by the way, the, the last moments of Arthur Morgan's life were exquisite. Like legitimately exquisite. Like, like I cried. I legitimately cried, which I don't at video games. Like that's I remember never really what happened. happens. Do you remember his last words? I don't remember what they were. I don't I remember. think they're like. There's, there's not. They're not like super underlining. No, or there's a little bit of uh, action sequenciness to the to yeah. the very last moments of his life, but just the way they leave him, where right. and how they leave him, it's like wow, you know, like that was a big moment. Um, yeah, just ugh, loved it so much. And they really do. By that point, I had $4,800, and you really do wake up as a guy who has 11 bucks in his pocket, and you're like, damn, they really did it. Yeah. There's no new They're game plus. They're to do that. Yep. There's no thing where I start over, but I have all my old equipment. Yep. God damn it. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another cool thing is they gave you pretty much almost the entire top half of the map in Red Dead Redemption 1. In this game, you have that map. It's just sparsely you, populated, yeah. You never go, fit, you never go there. You can choose you can to after choose the game to is go over, there. but that's all. But you don't. But you don't have to go there for the story. And the only thing so cool. The only things to do there are actually random encounters. There's like no main plot there. It's I, just there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that. I actually had wished, although I know you told me the end does circle back up to the snowy area. I'd wished more missions had forced you to go into the, the snowy snow area. Amazing, the snow is just so beautifully it rendered. Really was. There was there was the lighting engine in this game. I rarely am the one to comment on technical yeah. shit. But if you go on YouTube and look up time lapses, like standing in one spot for 24 hours, the complexity of the number of lights in play and f dynamic fog and shit, 
The it's dust, just impeccable. The, <laughs> the dust that stirs up in Blackwater when there's a bunch of people running around the streets. Yeah. The the light through the trees when it's dusk. And like, so I want to contrast it with- Your uh, horse's testicles react to the temperature outside. Yeah. Like, I want to contrast these, these visuals with uh, the other probably big game of the year contender, uh, God of War. And here's what I want to say about it. God of War was beautiful in a very manicured, curated way. Like every single thing you look at is like amazing and fanciful and like huge and gorgeous and meant to be viewed one way. Like you look at it, you see it. Wow, that's great. Red Dead Redemption 2 is subtler and better and can be looked at and appreciated from any angle. Which is much harder to do technologically, of course. It's so impressive and so... God of War is a hall of beautiful postcards and you move through them. Yeah, Correct. And this is more like almost a real world like it's almost real we built the realest you know? world we can you can yeah. look at anything from any angle it looks pretty good yep i mean dude when you uh i forget her name but when you're trying to get the stories from the four gunslingers who all turn out to be phonies of course because it's a Love darkly it. morbid take on westerns uh the female gunslinger lives in the swamp yes yeah, she was great i but when you gun down a dude in the swamp I stood there and stared at and like fucking Jude Law and Road to Perdition. Yeah. Whipped my camera out yeah. and took pictures of how beautifully the headshot blood was mixing with the swamp water. You creep. Like, I love it. But I needed to, I was like, yeah, look yeah. how fucking realistic. Yeah. I shot this guy. He fell into the swamp. Yeah. Now he's slowly sinking into the swamp as the swamp slowly turns red around him. It's amazing. Erasing this moment from life's history. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Only you see it. It's yeah. so good, man. I like, I just By the same token, there was really frustrating shit. Like when I get a hunting paper that says, bring me one flawless woodpecker. And I swear, oh, I've poured really 150 hard. hours into this game. Yeah. I've only seen a woodpecker once, yep. ever. Yep. Where the fuck am I supposed to find this perfect... It has to have a perfect uh, coat, too. It can't be a medium or a poor woodpecker. I found that... Okay, I do want to talk about a few things I found frustrating. The number of times that I ran into a person with my horse really made me angry. Or clipped a tree and you... Fo- right. It and takes it- you out of the moment because it's a... But... Did you ever notice that also there were also plenty of times where I probably should have hit the tree, but your horse has a little bit of auto guide? Yes. They like do. your horse can go, ooh, they get do out of there. do that, but they're, so they tried to help you. There's some, you well, suck not, at horse. Not great. Not great. There's a, I, I've never had a problem navigating away from what the NPC is going to do like I did in this game. Like I ran into a dude on a horse and then therefore had a shootout and therefore had to pay a bounty Probably ten times in this, and that's game. what I meant about that's fucking frustrating. That's what I meant about being in Saint Denis. Yeah, is you'll accidentally bump someone hard enough that they physically fall over. Yeah, then they start a fist fight with you, and even if you don't press anything and just wander down the street and let them punch you in the back, yeah. a cop goes, "What's going on here?" And then you got to run out of town, and like it's a whole thing, so, and you're like, "I didn't really even do anything like, wrong." Please <laughs> don't punish me because you wanted a robust complex. But I game. would argue that. Even though those things, a game is so complex, I don't believe there's such a thing as a perfect one. No, of course not. Um, so you could call that, maybe they would have made that Im- even better, that aspect, if they could and they didn't. So maybe it's a failure in that sense. Right. Um, but I do. I would call that the tail end of things that have always bugged me about Rockstar games. Like GTA has plenty of problems with, yep. why are the cops after me now? Yeah, you, yes. Um, you were really upset about that the last time we talked about this. Yeah, and I would argue that, Knowing that you can't eliminate them completely 
making your game an exercise in the theme of slowing down and it's okay if stuff doesn't work as right. cleanly as you thought is a brilliant way to fold in the like their self inventorying realize well our games are dope but one thing that's weak about them is this well what if we make a game about frustration then that flaw would be a strength and indeed like i think it builds into it, it the works themes of this game. for them i mean also your character is very heavy like the movements and like it, like compare them to again an assassin's creed game where like your character springs to life no matter what you do that's what i think is because especially you know, even movies or books that can turn me around, I'm even more impressed by. Right. And I tweeted a few hours into this game, and I got lots of likes and agreement. Uh, David Bell retweeted, like, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Where I was like, this game is going to suck. This guy walks, like, uphill in molasses. Like, molasses going uphill in December. I love how short-sighted that was. It and then within a few hours, I'm like... Nope. This game's great. brilliant, but I don't want to spoil it for you, so I won't explain why I changed my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like, That's legit. As soon as you figure out that they meant to do that, you start reaping huge benefits from the game. Yeah. I mean, the game chooses to make you go through an emotional learning curve that you've never had in a game before, and it pays off over and over and over because yeah. of that. Um, was there ever a character that was even half as silly as anybody in Red Dead Redemption 1 to you? Uh, like the silliness comparatively was so oh, much yeah. less. It's toned way down. Well, that's something I wanted to bring up because I do think, in a way, it is also a stealth Assassin's Creed. It is, a little bit. Because um, there's a lot more stealth killing in this game. Oh, I actually meant because it's basically an adaptation of historical events. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I haven't heard, I have not heard this. And Red Dead Redemption yet. 1 was not that. It mined a few Western tropes, but it was largely like. What if the writers of GTA just h went hog wild in a Western universe? Made a spaghetti Western, basically. Spaghetti. Yeah. But this one, so the, uh, I'll just call them out and then we can unpack them. Yeah. It's pretty clear to me that Rain's Fall is Chief Joseph, who is historically yeah. uh, the one of the Native American chiefs who became the most associated with the idea that they were defeated because he gave the famous speech, I will fight no more forever. Yep. And what that was about was not him saying I'm above fighting or like violence is wrong. He was telling the rest of his people, uh, we're fucked guys. Like they've betrayed us enough. Yeah. I'm calling it. If anyone keeps fighting the white man, you're just going to get slaughtered. Cause it's clear. That's what they do now. I disband our tribe. We're fucked. I'm not happy about it, but... Um, and I heard, like, if you hear the recording of that speech, it is on tape. Oh, is and it? And you don't cry. You have a heart of stone. Oh, I Yeah, it's amazing. That. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's, like, phonograph recording of Chief wow. Joseph saying, I'll fight no more forever, and, like, weeping for literally the death of an entire civilization. That's one of the few times that wow. there's a human alive that knows... This is a thousand-year-old rich culture of millions of people, and I know for sure it's over now. It's gone, you know. No offense to the Native American culture that li thrives in America is still very precious to me, but I mean, in a big way, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They got the shit knocked out of them. Yeah. And that's basically the subplot that the Wapiti go through is realizing, yeah, we can be really brave and fight really hard. It's not going to work. Yeah. We're fucked. Um, it is one of the most poignant moments of the game yes playing is, through those those missions and i agree with you that his speeches are more true wisdom than most video games ever are, are allowed to even have approach them. they even approach right. it they'll say stuff like 
but evil is the shadow that good casts, which sounds deep but means nothing. This guy says stuff that's actually deep. Like yes. it's actually true, real insights <laughs> that uh, he, might be in Moby Dick or something. I found him, I found him and Charles and Sadie to some degree and Edith Downs mm-hmm. to be among the most moving characters I've ever seen in anything. Like they were all just like, whoa, you know. And Gr- I really liked Miss Grimshaw as far as undermining my expectations. Yeah. Were. When she, she suddenly goes, if none of you will blast this person with a shotgun, I, I will. That. And it's a person you kind of like who you've known the whole game. Yep. I know the, these I are the rules. Like, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Everyone's standing around going, I know the rule is if you betray the gang, we kill you. But she betrayed us in a minor way, and come on, are we really going to kill? And she's a drunk, and look how she's shitty a, things she's are. She's a friend of all of yeah. ours, and we were able to mitigate the damage. And she just boom blasts her with a shotgun and goes, "What are you fucking talking about? That's right. the rule." <laughs> I, it's also just kind of a great irony that you you play a character Arthur who, despite his best intentions, never rats. You know what I mean? Like he never even turns, in cases where, in retrospect, he would agree. I should have ratted that time. And he and <laughs> like you feel that's one of the only noble things you do. But you have to remember, you, don't turn. you were an orphan and Dutch raised you. Imagine right. how conflicted the feeling is. Right, and yet you play. And Dutch is charming. <laughs> Dutch is so likable and great. Dutch and is a perfect. He's so um, good. What's the name of the devil that is used in the? You know, the ancient tale of the guy who makes a deal with the devil. Oh, uh, the Faustian bargain. Faust. Right? Yeah. He he's so Faustian. Yeah, he really is. Because the thing he says does sound fair enough. You are like, why couldn't that work in the beginning? Maybe we will get to a Tahitian paradise and be farmers. He doesn't seem like he has bloodlust. And then slowly but surely, he very believably becomes desperate, which leads to bending his own morals, right. which leads to, well, now he's just kind of a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> and like, you feel bad for him. You can you see, feel bad for Dutch. He doesn't of. just flip like a switch and become evil. Yeah. He slowly is forced out of desperation to change up his code in, and in cut the, his standards. He doesn't become evil in the sense that, out, that for the outlaw code, he's not overtly evil. I mean, they're robbing trains. No, right? you know, but you know what I mean. But, but yeah. I mean, he is even when they're robbing trains, he's saying things like, "No, gather the children." Right. He's still a them. noble. A We're noble a family, thief. Right. and they're like, "Well, should we kill this guy?" No, he wasn't shooting at us. Shit like that. Right. And then later on, you're like, "Why'd you just shoot that person in cold blood?" And he's like, "That was the past. This is now. We don't have time for this shit. Just do what I say." Yep. And you're like, "Oh, yeah, uh-oh. you're not the same." And I and oh, I forgot another thing, like the Saint Denis, but that really made me feel like I was in it. Yeah. How disappointing is it when you go from your third camp to your fourth camp? Yep. Because the Big game time. the game is an inevitable progression to a various series of camps, and I so didn't see it coming. I thought they would each progressively get cooler and cooler. Then at the point where they want you to start feeling like shit is kind of going wrong, they have you progress to a camp that's a huge downgrade. All this shit you paid for isn't there anymore. It's gone. You can't play poker with the guys anymore because right. they just they don't get along. So now they just chill in the cave. Yep. And you want to be like, come on, guys, let's play poker. And they're like, no, I don't like Micah. Right. They're arguing with each other. Every like, time you can you're hear in them camp, arguing and yeah. you're bummed about it. You're like, oh, God, I don't want to hear this. The camp looks uh, uglier naturally yes. than the other camps you've been in. It's you great. don't like to be there. It's really good. Oh, a few people abandon the gang and you literally feel their absence. You're like, I know he was a meth head, but I wish that preacher was still here. He was yeah, fun to talk to. I don't to. like that he got sober. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Camp's so quiet now. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, so 
I, I just want to finish this one thing I was saying. So I like that you play this character, Arthur Morgan, who is ultimately a contrast to the person he saves, John Marsden. Like John Marsden ends up being this sort of forlorn, almost Nico-esque, like, oh, I'm damned, I have to do this, I have to kill all these people, uh, who is a turncoat, and because of the events in this game, you start to think, like, he's kind of just a selfish asshole a little bit. Like, you, you, you identify with him and you care about him, but he is a selfish asshole. Well, it was a very important story point that he, even before the game, abandoned his family for yes. a period of time. And then grew up, quote-unquote. And that wasn't a plot point that needed to happen to make the function of this plot work. Right. Therefore, it's an intentional decision to say... It's funny, we were just talking about how in the Bible, yeah. I was like, is Judas a victim of God's plan or is Judas a bad guy? And you were bringing up uh, that there's support because who is it? John, right? Yeah. John suggests in his gospel that, that Thomas was stealing from their, Judas was stealing. Excuse me. Thomas was Thomas. No, Judas was stealing from the coppers. Yikes. And I feel like that's the same. It's like the same parable where you're like, they went out of their way to say, even before the gang was splintering, and even before Arthur had come and said, you need to get out of the gang for right. the sake of your family, he like fucked off for a year right after his son was born just because he didn't want to deal with raising a kid. Well, because he, he was a young, shitty outlaw. So I think that speaks to the fact that in Red Dead 1, I think there's a part of him that is excited to be back in the saddle, maybe. I'm... I, or that's maybe what we're retconning in a layer of nuance. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do this for a little while because I just have too much to do. But in a year or two, I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 2 again for sure. Yeah. And then I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm. I'm going to see what that experience is like. And I have a feeling it's going to be different. I have a feeling I'll care a lot more about Jack now because he's a real right. person to me. Well, and, I, and there's a, <laughs> I've heard a lot of theories that perhaps the series is actually about Jack. Like well, 3 RD3 could easily pick up with yeah. Jack. Yeah. Right. Anyway, but as you said, I would be sad if it picked up with Jack and it actually continued the march of progress. Like if they had if in RDR3 cars were one generation more sophisticated, there were even more towns. Yeah. I would be like, dang, this yeah. is sad. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like that as much. If you're 12 years old, do you like this game? Red Dead Redemption 2? I think it kind of I don't know. I don't either. I'd be interested in hearing from, I'm sure we have some fans who are 12 to 16. I, I'd love, I'd to, love hear to hear from them. If you liked RDR2, I also flatter us in thinking that some of our fans are probably a little more cerebral than your average 16-year-old if they're listening probably. to this. Um, and we love you for that. And welcome home, my friend. You're an old soul and a fucking nerd, and we're going to beat you up after class. <laughs> but tell us what you thought of Red yeah. Dead Redemption. Because I do think the idea of... I need to be mindful more in my life yeah. is something an older person comes to. It definitely felt like it was made by the same people who made the first game. And that they're, they're older, older now. now. Yes. Because I feel like one of the greatest struggles in my life as I get in like, am getting toward middle age is how do I get back to being mindful and present in moments and appreciating? Oh, actually the light on that tree sure is beautiful. Yeah. That was so easy when I was like, yeah, in my teens and now right. it takes more effort and I've never played a game that helped me practice that other than apps that are literally like mindfulness apps. Right. And do you have any idea how much and like an old man like me appreciates I'm fucking doing my favorite hobby, which is playing a shooting game, but 
I also feel like I'm practicing mindfulness meditation have, by playing it. I have to it's tell you, awesome. like, I mean, I, I there were moments that I legitimately felt gratitude to be in the place in life that I am mm-hmm. and have encountered this game. To be able to appreciate it. Right. Yes. Like, like to be at a place in life where things have been hard for a while. It's like if you read Catcher in the Rye when you were 15. Yeah. That's why people are obsessed with it because they read it at the right time. Yeah, like legitimately, like I've there have been prayers of gratitude that have come from my heart that have been like, this game uh, means something to me because I get how these people feel. I get it. And I love that. I'll never have yeah. another experience like that, probably in video games again. And don't it's say neat. that. Well, I, I mean, masterpieces come along every no, five sure. years. I just don't know how much they'll coalesce with the particular emotional makeup I'm at right. at that moment. Like this is just a nice intersection. Yeah, and I am grateful for that. I like definitely. It's such a cool thing to have that correlation with. It's you know? great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's super great. And uh, if you haven't heard the whole backlog of this podcast, you should know to so you can factor it in. I don't like Grand Theft Auto games. No, I believe them. I've passed on them. Yeah. And I played every single one because you're like supposed to. But I don't like them. I do like and them. And I shit on Rockstar constantly. Yeah. I, uh, this is still one of the most important games to come out in the time that I've been alive. I was thinking to myself uh, that, you know, maybe two years ago we were all griping that this generation of consoles mm-hmm. has not really had that many great games. And then like in the last like year and a half or two years, we've had... We had The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We had that new Mario game. We had this game. Odyssey, yeah. We had Witcher 3. We had mm. Metal Gear Solid. Mm. Uh, I, I like both those games. Actually, we had some games that are like, wow, these are impressive I take games. it back. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 yeah. is a perfect game in terms of you game functionality. It, right? uh, it's the opposite of RDR where I'm like, the story was so frivolous. If I could skip it. It wouldn't have bothered me. Me neither. But they crammed their fucking stupid story down your throat for hours wasn't, on end. Wasn't it worth it to you just to keep having the Sahalanthropist joke? <laughs> like I guess, that alone is but there's, worth it. there's an image in that game that comes back to me at times and genuinely bothers me. Like yeah. uh, when she stabs the guy in the teeth and his right. teeth start to crack. Right. Really I wish crazy. I never saw that. Yeah. It's like the end of Antichrist yeah, where I don't yeah, like yeah, that yeah. image yeah. that comes to my head sometimes. I go, I oh. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, just to finish out if I can, because I had a few yeah, more. Yeah, I'm sorry, I jumped on. Uh, no, uh, no, we've done, we do our thing. But also, uh, the scene where the burning of the plantation house is very much Gone with the Wind reference, in my God, opinion. That's amazing. And I found the burning of the plantation house sequence harrowing. Yeah. Like, intense. Me, yes. When she goes back in the building, it is powerful. I thought that was one of, that was the payoff to me of being in a gang. Yeah. Like that was the moment that that paid off the did most. Did you go back and find their secret gold? I sure did. But, okay. I got a lot of their gold. If you haven't, if you didn't know, I love this. Yeah. No one makes you do it, but they're constantly referencing, I think the they have gold. gold. Right. And then, it, and then you basically decide, no, they don't. They're just full of shit. And they all die and everything gets burned down and swiped away. They did have gold, though. Go look for it. You can find it. It's, so it's hidden. Yeah. I love <laughs> it's it. awesome. I love that so much. I love that they had a sort of Romeo and Juliet, Capulets and Montagues yep. fight in the middle of this game. Mm-hmm. I thought at first I was going to be annoyed by it, but kind of every chapter had a really cool, unseen in video games kind of story. Uh, the existence you know? of the clan, the suffragette, yes, through line, that they was were awesome. all, rather than taking silly things like they did in one or they do in GTA, right. they took 
interesting, real, serious things that were happening at the time and, and used them. did a good job. Yeah. Like, I'm very impressed with I agree. that. You know? uh, I'd argue the tuberculosis thing is from Tombstone. The yeah. scene where they jump off the cliff is Butch Cassidy and Sundance reference. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, that guy is clearly Nikola Tesla. I forget his name, but you know who Yeah, I the mean. one who with the inventions. Yeah. And the one... Oh, that you just made me think of today is I'm pretty sure the Hillbilly Cannibal Tribe gang that come after you. Skinners? Are, uh, is that what they're called? Is that the ones you're talking about? They're the ones that you eject from the cave in your final camp. Oh, uh, no, the the Marines or something like that? I don't, yeah, but that, that's one of them. They're, uh, There's I, a couple of those. I think they're a reference to the Sunny Bean Clan, which was yeah. a famous group during this time in Scotland, who, and historians now believe it could be made up some believe it they could have existed some believe it could just be mm. legend you know robin hood style but they like would stop you on the road and take you back to their cave and eat you they were just a clan of inbred hicks living in caves along the road that would eat people Ugh. uh who supposedly murdered like 300 some people you know in over 10 years in scotland by the way this game has like three or four different times you're in a cave and mm-hmm. it is harrowing every single time yeah the caves are are really upsetting did you ever find the cave that there's no reason to be in there's just some snakes and rats in there but it's uh you go behind a big long waterfall and you can go through this massively extensive cave system that i'm i'm pleased to say has no reason to exist other than to explore it and find little pools and stuff is there like a secret gun or something no like you'll find uh you'll find a skeleton and a pail with like some old mining equipment and a few bucks, but that's okay. it. Funny. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's really did you great. Go in that, did you go in that cave where you have to hunt that white-coated cougar? Yes. Oh. I, I got every legendary animal and eight of the legendary fish, but that's- Okay. But I, I haven't done enough hunting yet. I You just ran through it, so you didn't sink as much time. Uh, we should wrap up, but I wanted yeah, yeah. to ask how it compares in your mind to- the only other game that moved me this much story-wise, emotionally, which was The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I feel like Last of Us didn't know when to stop being a game, and this game did. Like, I, I would say that's one of the biggest breaking points between them. I would argue Last of Us probably has a more focused and emotionally rewarding finale like as in it's a very densely Im- layered finale it's it's densely layered but it's sharp and mm-hmm. it has like a a real like key moments that are very painful and poignant yeah this game sort of it's more like it washes over you even the big moments it's like like a lonesome ballad over yeah, the prairie it, it really is <laughs> yeah, like that though yeah. like it's very much a novel it's uh-huh. it's very much like you the, the consequences of what happened sort of sit with you mm-hmm. but it's not like there's a huge moment that's the same as when John Marsden walks out of the barn in, in Red Dead right. 1. Or oh, when, and I think the unbuilt you know, house that's constantly being built in Valentine is a reference to Unforgiven, but I could be wrong. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I, we didn't spend enough time in Strawberry in this game. In my, I love that town, that little mining town, Strawberry. I, it was great. I did find the fast travel thing. I enjoyed that fast traveling was difficult. Yeah. But I was like, the map layout could have been slightly more forgiving. The towns could have been placed in such a way that, like, if you want the trapper, you go all the fucking way over there. That's the thing. And if you want trappers the fence and fences now, are go annoying. All, yeah, trappers yeah, yeah, yeah. and fences constantly yeah, yeah. fuck you I'm in this game now. Um, yeah, that would be like, so I guess I would say that Last of Us 
delivers in the cathartic moments in a way this game doesn't, but they're equally meaningful, and this game was better as a game in uh, every way. Last of Us is a perfectly serviceable stealth, killy, shooty, yeah. cover-based game, yeah. but I would argue the game elements have nothing to do with the plot in the okay. way that this game does yeah. that is so innovative. Yes. Is The Last of Us... The story would almost be as impactful. In fact, like, why isn't it just a movie? It could have been a movie, and I would have found it equally impactful. I think playing it, you get attached a little more to those people. Okay, maybe then it could have been a long-running series. Because yeah, if yeah, I logged yeah. 40 hours, I think I would care that much. Okay. Uh, like, if Last of Us were The Walking Dead, I think it would be A equally... Telltale game, you mean? No, I mean the show. Oh, the like, show. if okay. it were a long-running 13-season AMC show, I think it could get me just as hard as the game did. My point is... As we're talking about this whole episode, the interactive element, yeah, it's not doing anything to cultivate the feelings and themes that the game is around. It's just supposed to be fun sequences in between the plot chunks. This is one of the only games I've played where every second breathes what the theme is. Every yeah. action you're doing makes you feel feelings about what the theme is. We're getting fur- the only far thing enough that- away from Last of Us that it's hard to remember exactly how... It's burned in my mind. I, no, Some but, of the moments. No, but I think that there's been so many games since yeah. that are better games. Like... Just or, or just part, updated the games game part, yes. that you, we forget that that was a good game when it came oh, out. Oh, I thought it was very As a good. game, it was good. But do you know what I mean by... It's it good. wasn't iterative on the theme in the same way that exactly. everything in this game is. I that's agree with that. That's what makes this a yes. game that's historically notable, yeah. is that the game play, it's the true synergy, synergy of story and interaction. Like, does it? Does this game rank in your mind as like one of your favorite games you've ever played? If you if you had to decide right now? Um, stripping out story or whole package whole counting package. story and gameplay? Whole yes. Yeah, me too. If I stripped out the story, no, because I actually still don't like open world games as much as everyone does. I like games that pick a beat and follow it, like have a specific set of rules. If I, if it was, if I valued story as highly as you do and gameplay as low as you generally do in these conversations. I'd go 70-30 yeah, in importance yeah. to me. If I had that yeah. ratio, this would be my favorite game of all time. That's how I feel about it. Oh. But like, it, I don't because I prefer gameplay in this medium over story a little bit, as I think I've said. So mm-hmm. it still doesn't top Mario for me. Oh. Um, okay, so see, like, it, doesn't, me- it doesn't top, it doesn't top the, like one or two of those games. And maybe not Breath of the Wild either, or Ocarina of Time. Like, like there's a couple of games like that that I'm like. To no, me, Red Dead is far more important functionally in the history of the gaming medium than the games you just listed or Last of the Us. Mario? No, I don't agree with that. Or equally, whatever. No, not no. Sorry. I don't. I just, I you just took one step too far. And well, I, you shit on you got Mother. Shot. You shit on Mother earlier. A movie I think is a masterpiece. No, I love Mother. I, I and do. I let it go. <laughs> Let I love go, Mother. Man. I just I just don't think Mother is as broadly... important as Super Mario World. It isn't. Uh, no, I, my point is these are apples and oranges comparisons. Okay. The kinds of innovations Super Mario World made yeah, yeah. don't even bear on anything Red Dead is trying to do. So I don't even see why Fair you enough. would compare them. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick with you about this. What's better, a racer head or Die Hard? That's not an, a productive conversation. Don't uh, answer. Die Hard. I don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, it's an unanswerable question. That guy's hair in a racer head is very important. I love a racer head, but I love his hair. 
You remember his fucking hair? Yeah, of course. I remember. Him. I've seen Razor 20 times. I of course love I remember. Have you really? That's a it's, lot of times to watch that movie. I think I consider it my favorite horror movie. Wow. Because um, you know how once you're an adult, it's really hard for a horror movie to actually yeah, disturb you? I do. Eraserhead is the one I throw on when I really, I don't want to fuck around. I really want to feel disturbed. Yeah. It still always gets me. It is really When he cuts creepy. into the tiny chicken and yeah. the blood comes out and the dad just yeah. laughs at him, gets me every time yeah. in the bad way. Yeah. I want to answer your question and the answer is that. Okay. If I only care about story, then... The Last of Us is still my favorite story in the really? gaming medium. Yeah, still more. Interesting. Yeah, just by a couple shades. Yeah, yeah, than yeah. Red. I still think Red Dead's very, very good, but I've never experienced the extremity of emotion. And you know how this shit is like. Maybe it was the right time in my life to mm-hmm. have been playing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of when Joel falls off the balcony and gets the rebar yes. through his chest. Yeah, I threw my controller down compulsively and jumped out of my chair and screamed. Wow. I've never gotten, and I did it involuntarily. Wow. And a movie has never even gotten me to do that. I was like, oh, no, no. And I was alone. No one was around. (laughs) And and at the end, the final moment, I don't want to spoil it in case someone hasn't played it and they're listening to this episode. Yeah, right. But the final moment that you touched on that is, it's such a crystal clear moment where you didn't realize what the themes were, but now you do. Suddenly, all the themes come into focus in perfect clarity and one of the characters makes a very firm decision on how they feel about the themes and I I sat in the dark for definitely multiple hours thinking shit like should I have children? Dang really? Like it it truly that story truly deeply affected me for a long time to come. I've never had that experience from a game. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash hypergig for details. 
I, I, one way in which Joel, you fucked up, Joel. I disagree with his decision. By the too. way, for the record, I yeah. do too. <laughs> one, one, one of the things that is interesting about comparing those two games for narrative importance, yeah, is that they sort of suggest these two different great, uh, these two different great narrative styles that we've seen in movies a lot. One of them being like the really narrow, focused, harrowing story with one chilling aspect, like Alien, or like you know any movie with like a narrowed focus like that and last of us is a perfect version of that last of us is not broadcasting that it's going to be melancholy other than the fact that it's the apocalypse you know right. what i mean but then at the end all of a sudden you're like the end could go either way oh it, they went really dark with it yeah. wow whereas red dead redemption is, is the sense of tale. foreboding yeah as we said, halfway through, the gang is falling apart and right. you've been diagnosed with tuberculosis. So you know, you're almost like, well, why bother even? Like, right. this is not going to end well. <laughs> well, there's so few movies that can be epic at this scale. And this is among them. This is among the godfathers of the world. You know what I mean? Like, it's in that and for my category money, of movie. I have to recommend in this episode, if you like Red Dead Redemption 2, read lonesome dove yeah you have to yeah, yeah that's that's correct it captures the same feel as yes, this game absolutely um i totally agree with that uh we could probably wax on and on forever about this game and i would like to but i yeah. don't wanna, i don't want to we're at 70 minutes oh i don't want to stretch past what you think is an appropriate time to move us to conclusion uh no i think this could i think we're going to be done in the next 60 seconds but okay i also think it's right to say that we could continue to analyze it, and I could even see us three years from now doing another one, doing another episode where we go, how, "Hey, how do we, we replayed now? Red Dead yeah, Two, yeah, yeah. and we discovered more shit." I agree with that. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's I get one, that sense. There's one last point I wanted to make about it, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. This game effectively used the prequelness in a way that I have not seen done as well. Specifically, because you know the ending of Red Dead Redemption 1 and who survives and what you're doing in that game, mm-hmm. the it used that fact to create such a sense of dread and sorrow. And it twists your gut. Yes. Because like, you know that Javier Escuela is one of the guys who will ultimately side with the gang in a pretty bad way right. and you'll have to hunt him down and kill him. And you're bummed about in it. In this game? Yeah. He's a real chill, nice dude who's fun to hang out with. He's reasonable. Yeah, he's a but reasonable it's, so person. It's like you don't yeah. feel like you're like John's gonna have to kill him later. He right. seems pretty cool. Right. That's sad. Well, and like, <laughs> and not. To sp- I don't want to spoil the actual ending. Ending, but I have mixed feelings about John Marsden's hunting down of Dutch. Now, in light of what now I know, that what Dutch happened. Dutch is a fully three dimensional character, yes, which of, of course he wasn't in the first one. In light of everything that I know that happened, that will be interesting the next time I play it. So it's. This is the rare time when having it be a prequel really informed my experience of this game, but also this game is going to go back and reinform my experience of the first one in a deep way, and that's awesome. Which like, wow, you know, movies almost never get away with. It's so hard. to I actually do it. think they had kind of a leg up on that, only because the first game was made in the more traditional gaming style, where yeah. story elements are. Uh, fairly spare and the characters are tropes right yeah it's much more about being a spaghetti western so it left them all that room to do that it's funny it's almost the very fact that their medium is evolving right allowed them to be like well fuck it we can 
make the evolution itself part of the what we're doing here. Also, the fact that our culture has shifted to be more aware of the plight of women and the plight of uh, minorities. Just, yeah, minorities yeah. and stuff. Like, they could not do Red Dead Redemption 2 in the same tone they did the first one now. They could not well, have. Well, sure, you saw, I mean, of course, since it's an open world, you can do anything, and there was that YouTuber who, like, went around killing all the suffragettes in horrible ways. I did not see that, and I would not And I just that. think it's interesting that he, like, got in so much shit that YouTube, you know, was considering banning him, and there were Newsweek articles wow. about him. And I'm like, that's so interesting because, of course... When I was a kid, the main thing you did in a GTA game is go kill have civilians. sex with a prostitute, yeah. kill her with a bat, and take your right. money back. That was the point of it. Now, if they made a game where that's the point, and it has to do in part with the march of graphics, and those videos were coming out, that's and your true. aunt saw one of those videos, that's true. they would flip the fuck out, they would. as people did when this guy right. posted videos of himself uh, you know, saving the KK members and killing black people. Like, he just went around doing horrible shit, which used to be boy, what oh you would do in GTA. Now I do think, I think people are more upset because people who have played this game feel more like it's a real world. We're like, yeah. do that shit in GTA 5, man. Don't yeah. bring that shit in here. Yeah, go do it in a in a place that's clearly a playground. It's like when you're right. uh, in a writer's room and you're all pitching sketches and someone will only pitch rape jokes. You're like, there's other writer's rooms to do that in. It's right. technically a pitch, but don't bring that in here. Go back into your time machine when exactly. that was a good idea, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is really never. But No, so, but it has worked for people right, in the right, past. Right. Yeah, But I, I do think... I do think, and this is last moment comment on that, I don't know what Grand Theft Auto 6 could possibly be because of this game. It has to be wholly different. I don't even know what it could be. I, I have no idea well, what, what you it, would do. What if it holds down the opposite pole, where it's like, yeah, we did one that was really adult and mindful. Now, now, we're do now GTA is going to be the one that's true to nonstop fun and action and silly, wacky shit happening. Good luck. They could like... They could divide the franchises that way think, and have think both be pertinent. That's probably currently the plan, but the nuanced storytelling that was required, I think, to do this game is also going to be required of Grand Theft Auto 6 because we're not going to be okay with those same stereotypes that they've like leaned on for decades. Even five. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, it's true. What's his name? LD's dialogue yeah. is so dated already. Right, it's Jesus. true. And yeah. like we've made our jokes about that in our comments God, about it. Yeah. Like, what are they going to do, man? I don't know. But maybe maybe this gives me some hope that maybe they'll figure it out. You know, maybe they'll figure that LD out. LD, long dick, suck on my dick. <laughs> like, that's a line someone say like, yeah, thought yeah, yeah. of, wrote yeah, down, yeah, yeah. directed an actor I to know. say, edited into the thing, coded correctly so you could hear it. Like, <laughs> six executives nodded. We got it. LD, <laughs> yeah, long we got dick. Yeah. I see what you're going for. We did it. We nailed it. What about a mission where your pit bull humps another dog and you have to pull it off? Nailed it. Let's quit for the day. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> that should just be a tenth of the game right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have a series of missions about chop. <sighs> yeah. Did you ever go download the online app to train chop offline? I tried it and I was like, I don't know why I'm dedicating <laughs> this time to that. The last time I felt that yeah. dedicated to gaming was the Dreamcast little plug-in thing in the controller. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it so much. All right. I love it so much. Final checkpoint, keep or delete? Yeah. I mean, we have to keep it. Keep. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise as a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike kingdom of the planet of the apes enter the kingdom in imax this friday and theaters everywhere get tickets now